Chapter 2 Land Influences Australia is not only a country, but the smallest of all continents on the globe. The largest island in the world, most of its 25 million inhabitants, live around the coastline as its soil is more arable and fertile, and water more accessible. Due to its enormous size, almost barren interior, and its location in the southern hemisphere, it has been labelled a tyranny of distance. Historian Geoffrey Blaney coined the term in his book, Tyranny of Distance, How Distance Shaped Australia's History. The tyranny of distance has negative connotations in the sense that it implies that we are entering a competition with a handicap. Everything will be harder and we are not in the spotlight on the world stage, but rather on the periphery. And there are large, harsh distances to cover in very tough conditions in order to get ahead. But it is precisely these conditions that have contributed to the optimism, resilience and mateship that is central to the Australian culture. She'll be right, mate. No worries. Go on. Give a go, you beauty. Such optimism, resilience and mateship are characteristics that are built from experiencing hardship and disadvantage and achieving when the odds are against you. Since white settlement, numerous people in particular have taken up the challenges to beat the tyranny of distance and bring Australia into the modern world. Explorers such as John McDool Stewart, who crossed Australia in 1862, laid the foundations for the telegraph line to be built. And Wilson Burke, who led an expedition across the arid interior in the 1860s, with the employed assistance of the Muslim Afghan Kamaliyas, pioneers such as Charles Todd, who project managed the construction of the Overland Telegraph Line in the mid-1800s, based on the successful exploration work of Stuart and Thomas Elder, a well-known businessman, constructed the railroad that linked the East with the West in the mid-1800s. Aviator Charles Kingford Smith was the first to fly across the Trans-Pacific from America to Australia in the early 1900s. These people tackled the tyranny of distance with great determination. The many modern conveniences that we enjoy today would not have been possible if it wasn't for the resilience, optimism and determination of these people. Indigenous Australians developed a sustainable approach to the land as a nomadic hunter-gatherers and respectful custodians which provided significant food and water for humans and animals for thousands of years. Recent research drawn from journalists of Scottish Surveyor and Explorer, Lieutenant Colonel Sir Thomas Livingston, show that Indigenous Australians also farmed agricultural land for yams and grain. Indigenous Australians are believed to be the first bakers of bread in the world. Before white settlement, there were well over 350 Indigenous languages spoken, which shows the development and use of language to a specific region and the tyranny of distance, even for Indigenous Australians. However, they had highly sophisticated communication systems between groups living across the whole continent, albeit not via the cloud, internet or copper telephone lines, but via a designated person in each familial group to be an interpreter and cross-group communicator. The severe weather patterns which have caused repeat drought and bushfires and cyclones and floods across Australia has also provided opportunities where people have learnt to be resilient and optimistic. In hard times, Australians have pulled together, supported one another, and worked together to rebuild what natural forces destroyed. This connectivity also played a significant role in the strong value of helping out and volunteering. 
In every facet of Australian life, from the iconic red and yellow surf lifesaving clubs manned by volunteering surf lifesavers that dot the vast beaches of Australia, to parents who volunteer relentlessly for the most prolific organisation of clubs, sport for children anywhere in the world, to the extensive community services provided by the long-standing Red Cross, to specific events such as the 46,767 Sydneysiders who volunteered to make the 2000 Sydney Olympics not just great, but phenomenal, and the campaign that raised a billion dollars by Australians for tsunami victims in Asia in 2004. Australians continue to volunteer in great numbers in all areas of community across Australia and abroad, and provide assistance to those in need. In actual fact, there are more people working in a voluntary capacity in Australia than there are in paid capacity. School committees, tourist bureaus, second-hand shops, hospitals, art galleries, museums, are just some of the many places where you will see volunteers working to make life better for all Australians. Australia is also referred to as the lucky country because it has been endowed with rich resources which has lent itself to lucrative trade opportunities, including sealing for fur and oil, whaling for oil, wool and clothing, gold for jewellery and coins, pearling for buttons, ornaments and inlays, and more recent times, iron ore for steel other minerals for everything from technology to energy, food and wine for consumption, and because of this resource wealth to develop a strong economy and modern English-speaking society, tertiary education for students seeking an international qualification in English, the language of international business and trade. Each of these trade booms have sparked an increased migration into Australia since white settlement and continue to do so. There was an important art movement in the late 19th century in Australia, originating from the Heidelberg School of Art in Melbourne, that depicted realistically the harshness of the Australian landscape. Many of these art pieces are in galleries around Australia, Frederick McCubbin's paintings, The Pioneer, A Nymph by Moonlight, Girl with a Bird at the King Street Bakery, and Bush Ideal, as well as Tom Roberts' Shearing the Rams, the portrait of Australian Impressionist Arthur Streeton, just to name a few.